Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. You are listening to the Intentionally Inspirational Podcast. This podcast is created for hungry entrepreneurs who are seeking motivation, personal development resources, and actionable tips. Now for your host, Jason Wright. What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode number 58, Building Your Brand with Jordan Syatt. Excuse my voice. It is uh, all jacked up this week. I don't know if it's sinuses or what's going on, but this is the first time tuning into the show. I promise you I don't smoke a carton of smokes a week, or any for that matter. I'm uh, sniffling a lot and breathing hard, and I'm just all stopped up, so it is what it is. But instead of making up excuses and skipping a week, I chose to record anyway. So I told you last week and the week before and the week before that, that I wouldn't stop talking about our download records that we keep breaking until it stops happening. So again, this week I'm going to tell you we're breaking our own records on 7-day and 30-day cycles. So we're kicking butt. And I think it's uh, attributed to our marketing efforts and us continuing to do what we do week in and week out and getting great guests. I think it's all the above. So this week, we've got another incredible guest, Jordan Syatt. Before I tell you about Jordan, let me tell you how I met Jordan. A friend of the show, Jared Hamilton from HamiltonTrain.com, actually introduced us. And Jared was on episodes 11, 41, and 42. So be sure to check those out if you haven't already. And Jordan is actually the fitness coach for Gary Vaynerchuk or Gary V, as a lot of people know him. Gary V is known as the king of social media. Serial entrepreneur, kind of a big deal, so pretty cool. But this show is really unique. Uh, it was a very good, comfortable conversation between Jordan and myself, which I'm sure he is nodding, smiling, and agreeing with right now as he hears my voice. And perhaps I will get lucky and get invited onto his show someday, if he ever has one as well. All right, let's dive in and check out this episode. I promise you guys will love this. Today I'm excited to announce I've got uh, Jordan Syatt with me on the podcast. Let me tell you a bit about Jordan for those of you that don't know him. He's a world record power lifter. He's Gary V's coach. He's a highly successful strength coach, a speaker and an author as well. He's also been featured in CNN, Huffington Post, and in Men's Fitness, just to name a few. Welcome to the show, my friend. Thank you for having me, man. I appreciate it. No problem at all. Well, I'm curious to hear this answer i guess from you but tell us about your personal attraction and initial interest to the fitness industry because i know people get there or get involved with it for a variety of reasons so what's what's your story so like how did i get involved in it yes got it um well so i, I mean i was a wrestler for when i was eight years old um, so I started wrestling at eight and I, I loved it. I fell in love with the sport. And, um, from there, like I was fortunate to do really well in it. And then by the time I got to high school, I like, I was obsessed with it. It was all that I did. I made varsity as a freshman. And, um, basically what happened was I ended up having to cut a lot of weight. Um, so I was like pretty much basically forced to start learning about, training and nutrition and not only about like how to be a good wrestler, but how to lose a lot of weight without losing my performance as well. Um, so I just became obsessed with strength training and nutrition and 
dove right in. I got my first personal training job when I was 14. Um, and uh, I was fortunate because the people I got my personal training job with, they like took me under their wing as mentors and they weren't they weren't bad coaches. They were incredible coaches who were very much involved in the science based end of the end of the industry. So from 14 years old, I was getting an education that was like better than my college education on in terms of fitness. And, um, and that sort of just steamrolled from there. And it's just like led into a career that I, I couldn't be more happy with. Awesome. There's two things you said I want to have some fun with. So uh, I think you and I may be close to the same height, or I might be an inch taller. I'm six foot five. And <laughs> <laughs> when you when you were wrestling in high school, did you guys have the motto: "The bigger they are, the harder they fall"? Uh, I've never heard that, but I love it. I love it. <laughs> I was just curious. And then uh, another thing, I uh, I think back to the wrestlers in high school, and they were always great athletes. But one thing that always made me nervous is like when they would shed weight. Like you'd see them like wearing trash bag suits. I mean, is that a healthy way to do it, or is that kind of kind of dangerous there? It's it's incredibly dangerous. It's not healthy in the least, and unfortunately, it's become commonplace in the sport. Sure. No, I just uh, those, you'll find that my mind jumps all over the place, but that's what makes this so darn fun for for both of us and for the listeners. So, <laughs> oh, for sure, man, I'm with you. you. You take this anywhere you want it to go. This is a, I'm with you. All right, you asked for it, so <laughs> hold on tight. Well, I'll be honest with you, man. I've been following you on Facebook for a while, and I see you do a lot with Facebook uh, advertising, and I, I love your brand. I love what you've done with uh, Sciat Fitness. And I've watched a lot of your videos. Uh, so tell us a little bit about that story. I mean, obviously, you're putting yourself and your personality and your beliefs into everything that you love about fitness. Tell us about how you got started with your own business. Um, so what happened was, well, so first of all, I should say, like, the fitness industry in and of itself is inherently entrepreneurial just because you're you're sort of forced to either find your own clients and and your sport, like figure out, okay, like this client's leaving because they're like moving and I have to get a new one. So you, you're automatically inherently like sort of an entrepreneur as just because you're a personal trainer, very, very few people are just going to feed you clients. Um, and the people that do, you're not really going to make enough money to live off of. So, um, basically from a really young age when I was working at 14, I was like, I sort of dove into that entrepreneurial world and then, what happened was, I mean, I would I would write people's training programs and whatever, but um, when I got when I got to college, what happened was I was powerlifting at that point, and I got a really amazing opportunity to train at, at Westside Barbell, which is a it's like it's literally the strongest gym in the world. Um, and so what happened was I started my website when I was there. Uh, I was like nineteen or twenty at the time, and um, basically my goal wasn't to make money. It wasn't to build a business. It wasn't to like be famous. My only goal was to just put out really good content to help people. That was it. I never expected to make money from it. Um, basically I was just like, okay, I'm going to document my training. I'm going to write about what I'm learning about and, um, sort of teach people the training methods that I use. And I did that and did that and did that and did that. And slowly but surely, people started writing in saying, like, hey, could you write me a training program? Hey, can you talk about my nutrition? And uh, all of a sudden, I was like, holy crap, man, I can I can probably charge for this. Um, and then it sort of just, it just steamrolled from that. And it, and it was all based off of 
creating valuable content for people. And the more content I created and the more pe- more I, I told people exactly what to do and how to do it and, and was sort of just not always looking to take every penny from everyone, more just like giving, 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 the more people wanted to work with me. And that's sort of how my online business started. And you and you still embrace that to this day. I mean, when you're when I'm looking at your videos, you're you're educating people about the realities of the fitness industry. So I, I still see that theme of just giving away tons of information and value. That's awesome. Yeah, man. I mean, that's that's it. That's the whole story. Like, I I don't know, I don't I don't, I don't know who your major audience is or who is listening. But if if there's any personal trainers out there who are like trying to build a business and aren't really sure what to do. Um, a lot of like the fitness gurus will say you charge, you got to charge for your time, like charge what you're worth. Um, you just like, don't give away stuff for free. And my entire business is solely built on me giving stuff away for free. Um, that's it. That's like how my business has been built and that's how it continues to grow is because how else is anyone ever going to trust you? Like if someone ever walked up on you, walked up to you on the street and was like, Hey, pay me and I'll give you like the secret to whatever they go screw yourself it's like (laughs) but if they if they gave you like a really good tip and it worked then you would be like okay now i'm interested let's go let's talk further absolutely that makes sense now and to answer your question my audience we call them uh inspire nation and who they are they are startup and pre-startup entrepreneurs trying to figure out how to make that jump or how to make that effort and, and create something for themselves. So I think you addressed it. it really well. Well, was there a point kind of in your story, you, you mentioned it kind of from a high level, but was there like a certain point or a certain moment where you were like, like now's my time, like this is a business, this is going to work? Was there a, a, one particular thing that happened or was it just stories coming in? I'm just kind of curious about that. Um. Yeah, honestly, it's crazy. So like keep in mind, I started when I was a kid. And I didn't know anything about taxes or anything. Um, And so I was in college just, like, working with people, working with people. And my mom had no clue, like, what was actually going on. I had no idea how serious it was in terms of, like, what the – what I was – I knew how serious it was and how much I loved it. But in terms of, like, the scale of the business, I didn't understand it. Um, And what happened was – my mom was like, are you paying attention in school? All you're talking about is your business. Like, I like stop, like, like, I like, I think you should stop doing this. Like she had, she thought I was playing video games and like, she didn't understand what was going on. Um, and finally she was like, how much money did you make? And I told her and she was like, what the f***? Like she, she had like, there's that Gary, Gary V influence there. (laughs) She was like, are you, she, she thought I was lying. She was like, what? And she was like, you have to file taxes. Like, this is like, and I was like, she was like, no, she was like, did you file taxes? I was like, I don't even know what that means. She was, she was like, oh my God. Like, so then that was when I was like, oh shit, I guess like this is a big deal. And then that's when I like filed taxes and, uh, and like established myself as an LLC. But like I was functioning for three years before that happened. And I just, I had no idea. (laughs) That's funny, man. That's good stuff. (laughs) But and it's funny, like no one's ever asked me that question, so I haven't really told that story. But like I, I just said something that I, I sort of brushed right over. It took me three years to get to that point, and most people give up within the first year. I'm so most, glad and, you said that. And most people they give up in the first year because their goal is money based. Correct. Like they start and they're working really hard, and they're like, 
all right, I've been doing this for like, I've been doing this, like, where's the money? And then like, if you really look back, all right, so you've been doing this pretty inconsistently for about four months, like shut up, keep going, like get more consistent, work harder and like wait a couple years. Yep. It's like, I, I think that I honestly think that my ignorance allowed me to keep going because if my goal was money based, I don't think I would have done it. No. Well, it's, it's beautiful. Everything you're just saying. I mean, it's, it, it's like I've, uh, you know, I try to do the kind of the Pat Flynn thing and ask the question between the question and, and dig in. And it's awesome. He said, no one's ever asked you that before. It makes me, uh, makes me happy. And, uh, <laughs> well, what's great about what you said is, you know, one of my biggest stories that I tell is, um, in October of 2015, I, I quit a cushy corporate job and tried to go full-time entrepreneur for a money opportunity and failed horribly and almost lost everything I had, and I've had to slowly build back up and, and side hustle my way back to where I want to go. And I have tremendous more, uh, I guess, a lot more uh, vision, and I know where I'm going and, and that thing now. But the difference is, like with Intentionally Inspirational, it's fueled and driven by passion, and that's the difference that he's talking about. And I'm kind of talking to the audience here, but like he says, you know, if you if you want to do something, you want to give it six months, and if you don't make money, you quit. You might as well just quit now because it's not going to work for you. But I love everything you just said, man. Thanks, man. No, I appreciate, it. and I, I agree with you 100. percent I think the the issue lies in most people here. Six months, are like, oh yeah, I could do that. Like I could totally do that. It's not a problem. And then like when it actually gets into the day to day, like the waking up, like the someone said they were going to do something and then they bailed on you and you didn't get what you thought you get. like the, the big failures that you'll get in the day to day. They don't, they hear six months, but they don't break that down into like what that means. And then that's when they give up. Yep. Yeah. I say I posted something the other day on Instagram and I was, uh, I had the flu and I was working anyway. It's like with that six month thing, people don't think about it, but you're gonna have days. You're gonna have lots of days where you don't want to do what you're supposed to do. Just do it anyway. Like, if you don't, if you only do it when people are watching, you're going to fail. I promise. Hundred percent, hundred percent, dude. So on your website, you have an area about client success stories, which I really like. And when you think about your clients you've worked with, both in person and online, what do you think the common threads are for success? Honestly, here's what's funny. Actually, like you're asking phenomenal questions because these are things no one's ever asked. Yes. Uh, and I've and I've done a lot of podcasts, so this is great. I love it. Yes. Um, the I was just I was talking about this recently, and there's a a lot of talk, especially as online fitness grows, about the efficacy of it. Is it good? Can you actually like coach someone well with it? And the common denominator that I see among myself and among the other coaches I know who are actually doing things online, more people, like a greater percentage of people, quote unquote, succeed with online coaching than they do with in person. I see this all the time. Um, and I think it's because the, on, like online coaching has a much greater barrier to entry. Um, actually signing up with an online coach, it, it takes more, there's more effort involved. Like most people end up going to a gym, not most people, a lot of people end up going to a gym because it's on the way to work or because they're like, okay, I'll go to that gym because it's really expensive and inexpensive and I'll just join it, and then they don't end up going, which is the Planet Fitness model. It's like, whereas online coaching is, it's starting to get pretty expensive. Like, working with me is not cheap at all. Um, so by the time someone, like, finds you, which means they're essentially researching fitness, um, and then, like, decide they want to work with you, go through the consult process, pay you, and then you're going, it's like, that's a huge barrier to entry that they just went through, and they're much more, account like, they have mu they're much more committed, they have much more accountability, 
Um, and I think that word accountability is the biggest thing and the biggest reason why most people are more are like among the people who are more successful is they're holding themselves more accountable, whether it's through the coach checking in with them more often, um, which is more doable and online because in person at most you'll see someone three hours a week, like Monday, Wednesday, Friday or something online. You're talking almost every day, if not every day. So you have more accountability. Um, and then, but like among like intrinsic factors, like outside of accountability, like intrinsically, it's the, it's patience is really what it is. Um, the people who are patient enough to understand that they're not going to get the results that they want in a day or a week or a month or maybe even a year, but committed enough to keep on working even when they don't get where they want to get as quickly, those are the ones who succeed. Absolutely. I love what you said about the high barrier for entry. I'm a big fan of that as well because if you're going to enter that door anyway, you've already put in so much more effort to do that than everybody else. And the same thing with what you're saying about the the online uh, coaching. I like that because I'm thinking about that. I mean, you know as many people as I do, people just talk and talk and talk and talk and don't do anything. Most people are that way. And then you get a smaller group that will do a little bit and then a smaller group that will stick with it. So, uh, no, I love that, man. That makes sense. That's good stuff. Well, I think fitness parallels life. Um, and I think you would agree there's a lot of things. Uh, I'm not a fitness expert, but I used to play basketball and uh, like to try to take care of myself. And uh, once my lower back recovers a little bit, I know you're probably thinking core. I need to get back into a little bit better shape just to maintain as well. But um, how much does mindset factor into people failing to make progress? Oh, man. I mean, mindset is the game. Like, mindset is everything. Mindset is, like, the deciding factor, I think. Um, man, like, oof, I, I can't even can't even begin to express that enough. Like, if you uh, – actually, you know what? More than just personal experience, let's, let's talk legit research. So my, my area of studies, which I don't talk about too often um, because I think that generally more practical application is better. But, like, my practical application, my real-life experience matches up with the research on this is – have you have you ever heard of something called self-efficacy? I have, but you're going to have to define it for me again. So self-efficacy is is essentially for for all intents and purposes confidence, but it's not exactly. Like if you actually said that to someone who's in the research, they would be like shut the shut up, it's not confidence. The way they define self-efficacy is in, is an individual's belief in their own ability to succeed. Um in in a given task, right? So whether if someone wants to lose weight, what's their level of self-efficacy to succeed in losing weight? If uh, their goal is to, to uh, quit smoking, what, like, how much do they actually believe they can do it? So there are ways to test someone's level of self-efficacy and there are ways to improve someone's self-efficacy. Um, but basically what I found, and I actually in the screening call, like I have a consult call that I require all potential clients to go through um, before we decide if we're going to work together, is I'll ask. I'll have different questions that vet people for their level of self-efficacy. Um, and consistently, and I don't, I don't choose someone based on whether or not they have a high self-efficacy because that would just essentially be like picking and choosing like the, the people who are more likely to win. What I do do is throughout the consult like period in terms of that call and then like a week later and a month later and then a year later is I retest their self-efficacy 
and see if I can raise it throughout the consultation and what their success looks like looks like based on their self-efficacy. Um, so, which is basically my really long-winded and obnoxious way of saying the more um, confident you are in your ability to succeed, whatever it is in business, fitness, whatever, the more likely you are to succeed. Very nice. No, that's uh, that's mind candy because I uh, I have a high need for intellectual challenge and stimulus or stimulation, and that was uh, some new stuff for me. But that makes sense, and I uh, I'm glad you mentioned all that. Very yeah, good. no, for sure, man. I hope the people listening are paying attention because there's a lot of good stuff going on so far. Yeah, no, this is fun. You're you're like getting me to talk about stuff that I never get to talk about, so I'm excited. Awesome. That is the idea, my friend. All right, talk to me about the importance of just being yourself. I mean, everything that I've seen you touch uh, looks very authentic. It feels the way this feels to me. I think you could probably spot – I think we can all spot fake people a mile away. How, how important is authenticity? Oh, well, I literally just said mindset is everything, and now I'm about to say authenticity is everything. <laughs> 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 but, like, I here's the thing. Actually, you know what? This is an important distinction. Mindset is everything for your success. Authenticity is is the game when it comes to your own happiness because we can all spot someone who's who's not being authentic, but that's not what matters because there are still people who aren't really authentic who still quote unquote succeed depending on whatever that is for them like monetarily or whatever. But the people like the people who are happiest with themselves are the most authentic. The people who aren't hiding, the people who aren't making up a story, the people who aren't putting on like a facade, like the people who are truly authentic in themselves, they they are they have just as an equal ability to succeed, but regardless of what they do, that they will 100% be happier with themselves and who they are and what they stand for because they're not making something up. Because like they are who they are and they are who they are and that's it. And if you can if you can be authentic and be happy it's it's just going to skyrocket everything from there because 10 times out of 10 like i would rather make a lower income but be happy with who i am and the way i affect people than a higher income and think that i myself am a fraud mhm i'm with you i'm with you and you know what's funny is i was just thinking about this and it ties in nicely to what you said when I first started podcasting. I had absolutely no idea what I was doing. Anybody who's listened for a while knows that. You know, my story is on April 2nd of last year, I, I did my first episode. It was pretty rough. I, mean, I had no clue who I was talking to, what I was going to talk about. I just kind of jumped in. But when I started uh, bringing on guests, I would have interview questions. And I think in the beginning, I even shared them with the guest. And then right away, I was like, this doesn't feel like me. Like, this isn't what I want to do. So as you know from kind of being in that spot right now, uh, I don't really give you any heads up. I mean, I, I just kind of say it's going to be about you, so you know you, so you'll be fine. But what I force is I force that coffee shop conversational tone and conversation and experience because I, I force my guests to be authentic. Like, if you can't prepare and you don't know what's coming, you can't – you know what I mean? If you, if you BS your way through it, it's everybody's going to know. But it just makes really comfortable conversation. And I, I was actually coaching a uh, – I guess kind of a career changer a few months back. And this guy would try to 
write down any every interview question he could possibly conceive and then come up with a list of answers. And I was like, what are you doing? I was like, just be yourself. Like if I met you at a bus stop and talked to you, are you going to pull out a notebook and start reading scripted answers to me? <laughs> just relax, you know. So I, I love what you said. And I, uh, you know, this person talking to you now is the same person that you would meet here at my house right now or, you know, somewhere else. I try to be the same everywhere you find me. So No, I appreciate it, man. I love it. And it's funny because like, I'm doing another podcast when we get off the phone and uh, I get them a lot. And a lot of times people will send me questions, be like, all right, here's the schedule. Or they'll be like, hey, I'm going to send you the schedule so you can prepare. Or, like, or they'll be like, do you have any specific things that you want me to ask you? And it's all in good nature. They're not being like rude. It's actually they're doing it because they want to – be nice, which I appreciate, but deep down I hate it because I'm like, let's just talk. <laughs> like, don't, don't, like, you can prepare the questions in advance. That's cool. Like, I appreciate that effort. Don't tell me what you're going to talk about because then I would like, just, just, let's just talk and like absolutely have an idea of what you want to discuss as like the host of the show. But don't ask me, like, or don't tell me, like, all right, here's the show so you can prepare. Yeah, I mean, you're not Pinocchio, and I'm not Geppetto. I don't want this to be a marionette thing, you know? But <laughs> exactly. after you, And after you've been spoiled by being on this show, you're just going to raise the bar higher, and everybody else's show is going to feel like trash. So. <laughs> <laughs> so where does your passion and your fire come from? I mean, obviously, you're intense and intentional and deliberate with what you're doing, but where does that come from? Oh, man. Um, they just keep coming, it? don't they? Where does it come? Where does my passion come from? When's the last um, time you asked yourself that, Jordan? You need to reflect well, you know on what? that. You know, do you just ask yourself that on a regular basis? Um, where yes. does my passion come from? Uh, what I will say is, I had someone DM me on Instagram recently, and I I do my best to answer every single one. It might take me like a week sometimes, but I always I pretty much always answer. And um, this one this one person emailed me and or DM'd me, and they were like, "Hey." Um, do you and do you ever lose motivation? Uh, and they were referring to my business. Like, do you do you do, have you ever lost motivation? Like, even just for a day? And and bluntly and honestly, no. I like I have worked literally every single day on my business since I was 19 years old. There haven't hasn't been a day that I have taken completely off. Um, and I've never lost motivation for it, not once. And um, it's. I think it's just because like that's what I care about. And like keeping in mind, I started my business with the goal of helping people, and that is still like every day when I wake up, like my main goal is like let's help as many people as I can. Not kidding, not bullshitting. Like that is my goal. And the reason I keep that at the forefront of my mind is because there have been times when I've slipped into okay, like the money's dancing in front of my face. Like let's see how much money I can make. And like any time I've slipped into that mindset, my business has has backtracked. I've Either I've started to feel really bad and then my business is backtracked or I've seen I've taken a hit somehow. But every time my forefront goal is help, 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 help as many people as possible, then my business does really well. And that's where my passion comes from. My passion is coming from I want to like the whole reason I want to get more followers and to like get like a bigger build my brand more is not so that I can like go around showing people, look how many I have. It's so that, because that means that I have a greater opportunity to help more people. And I think that's what allows me to continue going without losing motivation. For the people listening, I want to talk to you directly. If you remember nothing else discussed today, 
please listen to what he just said again because use that as your litmus test. If you don't feel that way about what you're pursuing, you might be pursuing the wrong thing. And I know a lot of people don't want to hear that because they're like, no, no, Jason, you don't understand. I got this great money opportunity. Okay, that, I, I don't care about that. I've been there. I've done that, and I know how that can end up. But do you feel about whatever you're pursuing like Jordan feels about what he's pursuing? That's what I want you to take away and chew on for the rest of the day and the rest of the week. I mean, that's huge. That is money right there. You're, just, you're getting me fired up, man. You're getting me fired up. I love it. I love it. And I'm doing the same thing, man. I, my focus is kind of uh, the startup entrepreneur because I know at that point I've been there so many times. I know those questions and those – I know what it feels like to have close friends and family literally laugh in your face and refuse to acknowledge you're doing anything significant. I also know what it feels like for those same people to come back around to be like – dude, you got some things going on. And they start asking you questions. You're like, all right, maybe maybe I've got their attention. So that's that's my thing. But like you, I also do this because I love it and I love getting those emails and those texts and those messages that saying, man, I needed to hear this today. 100%. Absolutely. So what advice would you give me and everybody listening for preparing for an opportunity not yet seen? Preparing for an opportunity not yet seen. Um, basically – a hundred percent you're going to fail. Like, like you're, you're, I, I don't know if that's the way the answer you're expecting or what, but like, this is the most important thing that I can ever tell anybody is you are going to fail over and over and over again. And the biggest thing for me is there is no, the, the difference between those who succeed and those who don't does not lie in whether or not someone fails it lies in how many is like essentially how willing they are to keep on going and kick their fears in the face regardless of how many times they fail. Um, because I can't tell anyone like what opportunity is going to come, what possibility is going to come. I don't know what's going to happen. But the only thing I do know is that whatever you try, you will fail terribly, terribly fail. Like you will just completely – there are going to be days when you're like, oh my god, should I be doing this? And if your passion lies in that, the answer is yes. Just don't stop because of a failure. No, that's a great answer. And I, by the way, I had no expectations for your answer. That's the fun. I literally have no clue what people are going to say. And they don't either a lot of times until they're starting to talk. But, you know, a lot of people, they shy away from failure as if it's a finish line. But what you just said is accept failure is a probable outcome and do it anyway. I love that. I love that. Yeah, it, it's it's a def, it's a part of the process. It's not even probable. It's inevitable. It's just, it's going to happen. You're going to fail. Uh, and then one of my favorite quotes is "Fail, fail, fail, fail better, fail again." Yeah. It's like just keep your like my my whole motto is like I'm going to fail my way to success. Mm -hmm. Like that's it. Like that's all I'm going to do is like I wake up and I'm like, what am I going to fail at today? And every failure I have, I'm like, sweet, that's awesome. Like. Now, like, I can keep on going and get better and better and better. Absolutely. So this is way off topic, but I told you this is how my mind works. You said you started your business when you were 19. Is that right? Yep. How old are you now? I'm 25 now. Okay. So I want the people listening to hear that. Six years. Six years of grinding every day. 
every day every like no joke every day on my birthday like n- like if i was on vacation my computer was mi- with me i was creating content but even then like i got my first personal, tra- personal training job when i was 14 yeah. and like every day from there was like learning how to like i obs- like whatever i do i get obsessed with i'm very much just like whatever i'm going to do like i'm going to go all in on and like every day was studying and learning and training and co- i was coaching people i remember in my my high school english class not kidding my teacher was mr ray and um i remember he was talking and i was sitting in the back corner of the class writing uh fake training programs for made up people trying to figure out like how I could come up with a, 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 this instance specifically, I was trying to create a training program for a soccer player, um, just like practicing writing training programs. Like, so that I could like, whatever the scenario was, if they had a knee injury or whatever, I like wanted to be able to write a training program for anybody. Like this, all I did, this is all I've done for over a decade. Mm-hmm. You no, know, my wife's got to hear what you just said, because my son and myself are like this too, but if I'm interested in something, I also obsess to the point where I learn every possible thing there is to learn. So when you said that, I'm giggling because I'm like, it's, I'm just like that. Well, <laughs> we love, uh, I, I say we, I assume we love what you're doing. We love uh, your story and what you're, what you're going to continue to do. So with that being said, what's next for you inside fitness? Um, let's see. I mean, what's next for me? Like right now I'm very much in a, in a brand building mode, which it's, I expect to be there for a long time, but it's a relatively new area for me because what happened was for a long time, I was very much focused on my email list, which I still, I do focus on them. I give my email list a lot of my private content that I don't give anywhere else. Um, but I was so I, I like until recently I was never focused on social media. Um, I I posted on it, but it was more of like uh, okay I'll do this like once like uh, like three or four times a week. But like my my main content was focused towards my email list. Most of my time was on my email list. And about eight months ago, when I started coaching Gary Vaynerchuk, I like switched because I was like, you know what? He's the king of social media. I want to learn from him. I'll do whatever he tells me to do to take advantage of it. And and thank God I did because it's been a huge game changer for me in terms of mindset and how I go about my own business and, and brand building. Um, and I'll be with Gary for the better part of the next two and a half years, assuming everything goes as planned. And I, I think for that time, I'm going to mostly focus on social media, uh, building up my brand that way because essentially when, when you only focus on your email list – you you can do amazing things. Like I th- I still think the email list is one of the most powerful things in the world, and I continue to grow it day by day. But by focusing on social media, you get more attention, and that one word attention is is the most important part to take from that. In terms of the more attention you have, the more leverage you have, the more ability you have to impact people. Um, so for example, like when I first started with with Gary. Um, my email list was like, I don't know, I think it was around like 14, 13,000, 14,000, which is great. My Facebook was around like 5,000. My Instagram was around like 4,000 or 3,000. And keep in mind, like, like you can tell where I put most of my effort in because my email list was like double or triple the other ones. Um, 
But now my Facebook just crossed 20,000. My Instagram just crossed 11,000. This is in about six or eight, eight months or seven or eight months or so. Um, so it, it like doubled. They doubled in that amount of time frame compared to what I've been doing for years and years and years. And my, my email list is almost at 18,000. So it's continued to grow because of the brand awareness. Um, so really long-winded way of saying I'm really focusing more on social because of the attention that you can get from it. And with more attention comes a lot more power and opportunity. Absolutely. And Gary, if you're listening, I agree. You are the king of social media, my friend. <laughs> he actually does. Like if, if, if we post this up and it's like and you tag Gary in it, like Gary's trainer or something, yeah. he'll, he'll pop in and listen to see if I'm representing him well. So hi, Gary. <laughs> Good workout today. We did arms. <laughs> <laughs> Will you be sharing this uh, wonderful episode with your, uh, your, all your social channels? Um, yeah, so what I do is usually what I'll do is I share it with my email list. So most people, they'll come into my, my quote unquote funnel is sure. like, if you want to use that word is they'll come into my, to my social media, then they'll end up signing up for one of my email lists. And every Sunday I send out like a, a 10 best articles of the week. So like any podcast I was on, I'll, I'll include that. And, uh, um, and if I, you know, I'll put it on Twitter too. And like, and he'll, he, he goes through Twitter a lot. So he'll, he'll see it there. But basically like every week on Sunday morning, I send out the 10 best articles of the week with like fitness stuff, nutrition stuff, strength training, and any podcast or videos that I did. Awesome. Well, since this podcast is different than the other ones, you don't forget about me. You'll want to, want to let them know. No, j dude, just send me the link. Just yeah. like send me the link. I promise it'll go up. Gotcha. All right, man, this is the, the big moment. Uh, I know people listening are going to want to get in touch with you. Tell us all the ways we can get in touch with you. Um, all right, so the major one, like, listen, if you want to talk to me directly, like, one-on-one, -on -one, you want a very quick answer, email jordan at sciatfitness.com. Um, you can go to my website, sciatfitness.com. I have over 500 free articles on literally everything you could ever want to know about strength training and nutrition and fat loss and building muscle. Everything is there. Um, I post daily content on my Instagram and my Facebook, which are both Syatt Fitness, S-Y-A-T-T Fitness. Um, and you can reach out to me there too. Though I will say if you leave a comment or write me a message on my Facebook page, you will hear from me. It's just it usually takes a while because it has much more. There's more people. Um, Instagram DM, I will get back to you 100%. Um, and email is always the best way to reach me. So if you go on my website and contact form there or just directly email me, jordan at sciatfitness.com, I'll, I'll get back to you 100%. Well, Jordan, I hope you feel like it was worth the wait, my friend. This is a great episode, and I appreciate your time very, very much. No, man, I appreciate you. This was fantastic. I, I had a great time, and uh, hopefully I get to talk to you again soon. All right. Sounds great. All right. We are back. Jordan, if you're listening, thank you, my friend. That was a fun time, and I hope we can do it again in the future. Gary, if you're listening, I'd love to talk to you someday too, my friend. I hope you were represented well. All right, guys, if this is your first time listening to the podcast, we try to create resources for startup business success. This podcast, a blog, newsletter, and all kinds of other cool things. Feel free to check out our website, intentionallyinspirational.com, and look at our free resources page. There's some great things for you if you're in the pre-startup mode or in the startup mode of your business, either way. And if you want to see the show notes for this episode or any of them, you can go to intentionallyinspirational.com forward slash episode 58 for this one or whatever episode number you'd like for the other ones as well. So that gives you just a little 
extra background info in the episode. It's pretty casual, but there'll be some links and things like that for this episode for Jordan's resources, his social media stuff, and his website as well. All right, guys. As always, I appreciate you listening. If this is your first time here, I'd love for you to come back next week and check us out. Subscribe to us on iTunes. Leave us a review. That would rock. And we will catch up to you next week, my friends. Take care. Thanks for listening to Intentionally Inspirational. If you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe to the show on iTunes or check us out on SoundCloud. To check out all of our resources for your startup business success, visit our website at intentionallyinspirational.com. We look forward to seeing you again next week.